June always feels to me like a time of transitions. Last week, we celebrated our coming-of-age graduates hearing about their journeys over the last year. Some of our teens are graduating from high school, our young adults from college. And then, of course, June is a month for brides, walking down rose petal-strewn aisles. Brides, graduates, and our board of trustees. This congregation has the community elect new board members and welcome them onto the board at our spring membership meeting. And that is just what we all did at last Sunday's meeting as we thanked our four outgoing board members and welcomed four new members of the board. In a board of nine people, four can seem like a lot of turnover, a lot of change. Suddenly, the community is guided by these new people. We're not alone among congregations in welcoming new board leadership at this time. I can often tell what my colleagues are doing by watching their Facebook status updates. And last night, I read that a colleague in Baltimore was, quote, at the board retreat and not bored. In fact, all over the country, other religious communities will be celebrating their new board members, celebrating the vision they bring, the ideas, the whole new possibility that they represent. It's a lot of new, isn't it? And yet, at the same time, boards are really a way for a religious community to maintain continuity, to continue the direction that the community has been setting for years. It's a way, as the title of this platform suggests, for the beat to go on. Because the truth is that the board, that thing, the board, is both the individuals who make it up in any given year, but it is also an entity unto itself. It has an existence that transcends this year's group or last year's group. In some fundamental way, the board now is the same board that we had 60 years ago, just the way our community is the same community we were 60 years ago, although so many of the people who are here are different. I remember one of my favorite metaphors from high school science classes. It wasn't actually presented as a metaphor, more a natural law that we needed to know to pass the final. <laughs> But now I like it as a metaphor for the kind of always changing, always staying the same leadership we have. So you may remember as well the idea of a light wave's particle, a, a light of light's wave particle. Apparently, I didn't do very well in the final. <laughs> okay, light has a wave particle duality. Yeah, people are not. Thank you. Thanks. Well, I'm done now. It's a paradox, but it's also an ultimate truth about the universe. Now that I am a religious leader, I like to turn every single thing into a metaphor about life. And so I see in that wave-particle duality some truths not just about the universe, but about human existence, too. We are individuals in the story of humanity, but also somehow part of that wave of life that stretches far behind us, and far beyond us. And on the congregational level, the members of our board keep the wave going in lots of ways, by holding retreats like the one they just came from, by sharing minutes with each other and with the community, 
and increasingly at West by creating written policies that ensure that the work of one year is not lost when the individual people, the particles, change. That transition to written policies is part of West's ongoing governance revision, a way of moving from oral tradition, which is, hey, I think the remember, I seem to remember what the board did a few years ago, to, ah, the board actually figured this out and we can find out what they said. It asks for a certain amount of trust in past boards and really for a recognition that the current board is indeed somehow the same as the last board, part of the ongoing wave of boards at WES. It doesn't mean, of course, that policies can't change. Policies are rewritten all the time, and that's healthy and good. But it begins to take those particles, I think, those individual board members, and connect them more deeply to each other. If we extend my light metaphor just a little bit more, it helps the board in all its wave-particle duality to shine more brightly. Well, sometime when you're over at West, maybe you're waiting for a meeting to start or whatever, think about wandering into the office in the administrative suite and go into that, um, I mean, not the office, the large room, the conference room there, and as soon as you walk in the door, you'll see books, bookshelves on your right, and on the lowest left shelf, you'll see a bunch of black notebooks. And what those black hard-bound notebooks are, are the history of board minutes since 1944. It is such a fun endeavor to go through those things, I have to tell you. You'll get glimpses of what our founding board members concern themselves with, like plans. They talked about this for months for an upcoming violin recital plans for how they might raise an additional $15 in the budget to cover the cost of mimeographing for the year. <laughs> Receipts of $1.49 carefully annotated for the beverages they served at the membership meeting. $1.49. But more than that, you'll get a flavor of their dreams this tiny little band of ethical culturists that had been part of other societies around the country but found themselves relocated to Washington during the World War II with an amazing hope and a vision of creating an ethical society in the nation's capital. And they built this place as a home where high aspiration and reasoned judgment might come together to shape our understanding of the meaning of being human, where we might be reminded from week to week of the beckoning power of relationship, of community, and the relentless demands of justice. Many of those people made huge sacrifices so that our community and all that it represented might endure beyond their own day. Wouldn't they be amazed at how far we have come? So today we celebrate the important work of the Board of Trustees, this newly elected body in which we place our trust and of which so much is asked. We expect these board members to possess certain skills, critical and strategic thinking, 
and the like. We assume a certain comfort with gazing at budgets for, for long hours, a fondness for flip charts and timelines, the ability to render good and thoughtful judgment, and a willingness to take some reasoned and inspired risks, which are all important attributes of being a board member in any nonprofit group. But board service in a religious community is not like that of a nonprofit, because the board of a congregation is so much more. The board, along with the leaders and the lay leaders, bear the responsibility and the opportunity for carrying the mission and dreams of this idea of an ethical culture into the future. They do consider rows and rows of numbers, reams of policy papers, thousands upon thousands of words in reports. But wonder, what underlines all that is the good work that our community is about and the people we are becoming in the process. And so beyond their degree of organizational competence, and it is really amazing and impressive, they must also care for the community and the mission we pursue, guided by values, committed to our ideals, and with compassion and heart. Ethical Culture's founding member, Dr. Felix Adler, once wrote a hymn. He actually loved writing hymns. He wrote several of them. He called it, Hail the Glorious Golden City. He used an unlikely source for that image, the book of Revelations, which proclaims a vision of a new Jerusalem, a shining city on a hill, an image that inspires humanists and Pentecostals alike, the glorious golden city, a powerful and life-transforming force for good in the world. Hail the golden the Glorious Golden City is an honest hymn about the realities of building the community of our dreams. That golden city shines because of the care and the effort we all pour into it. Our board members give a lot in terms of their service to you. Meetings twice a month, task force meetings on top of that report writing, and also constantly staying in contact with members to ensure that they are representing you faithfully and well. And you have a responsibility to stay in contact with your board members. Though you are invited every month to their board meetings, very few of them take, bear very few of you take them up on this invitation. Make this your year when you will commit to attending at least one board meeting. It's inspiring. I'm not just say, saying that it is always exciting, but the conversation is rich and it's about you and it's about our future. Some of the most exciting, inspiring conversation I think that may happen this year is about governance revision. Now, I'm on the governance task force, so I have to say I'm a little biased about this particular work. 
It's important, I think, because it's helping us to make a transition toward that written culture, to make a transition toward more structure and clarity that will serve us well as we grow. But I know that sometimes general members of the community glaze over a little when they hear about all the policies, so I want to distill for you what I think this work is about at its heart, what I think the board and Mary and I are all hoping this work will help us do even better. Mary has been talking about the particularity of board work in a religious community, the way that it calls for a certain kind of leadership and vision. It calls, too, for another aspect of the religious life, for partnership, especially in an ethical culture congregation where our faith is built on relationship and connection with each other. The board is called not just to make policy, not just to govern, but to do those things in acknowledgement of, in celebration of, its partnership with all of you, its partnership with Mary and with me. Leadership, whether it is in the board or in our own lives, is not just about beating our own drum and marching blindly forward. It's about listening to the rhythms around us, hearing the rhythm that plays most deeply in our own hearts, and finding a way to bring the two together into something more pleasing to the ear than cacophony. I guess, actually, that is sort of the lowest threshold for leadership, better than cacophony. What we're really going for in leadership of this community, in leadership of our families, our workplaces, is a great sound. And that means being able to hear what other people are beating on their drums. It means changing our own beats sometimes, and other times picking up a conductor's baton and trying to get us all on the same downbeat at the same time. The board welcomes hearing from membership, I know, and works hard to stay in touch with you. I think actually it's that the previous year's board, those particular particles in our long board wave, did a particularly good job of increasing their communication with the membership. But as you can imagine, much of the board's partnership time, their sinking rhythm time, is done with Mary and with me. You know, when I first came to Wes, I wasn't sure about this whole capital L leader title. It sounded a little bit like a bunch of aliens would troop off a spaceship and ask the membership, take me to your leader. And I wasn't always sure how to describe it to people outside our tradition. So I started saying that I was one of the clergy leaders at Wes. The board, then, is often referred to as among Wes's lay leaders. And more and more, I think there's a lovely sense of partnership in those titles. The acknowledgement of our different roles, clergy and lay leaders, also the celebration of our shared leadership together. So if little aliens showed up and asked you for their leader, I hope that you, the membership, might start pointing in a lot of directions. Toward your two clergy leaders, toward your many lay leaders, toward yourselves, too, leaders in your own lives and in this community, co-creators of the congregation that we love. Then, on practical reasons, I would suggest you take care of the alien's confusion and book it out of here. But don't forget to thank them. 
<laughs> These board members are dedicated to serving you, which often means sacrificing work time and home time. So I invite you to thank them and thank their partners. In fact, if you leave a membership meeting without thanking the president, without thanking the board members who gave of their time and their talents to pull that together, please consider, reconsider your actions. The board and the leaders are committed to creating an even stronger culture of appreciation at West this year. So thank those people who teach Sunday school or adult classes, those who work on our facilities, those who come on Sunday mornings as visitors. No one owed us their time or their money, their love or their faithfulness. Be unstinting and generous with your gratitude. We have been talking some this morning about leadership in general, about the wave part of our board. But the truth is that our board is also those little particles. And so there are some particular things that I think this version of the board, this year's board, will bring to our community. We have all just returned from an energizing board retreat, and I wanted to share with you a little bit of what I heard and invite you into the conversation over the next year. One thing I have loved learning about this year's board members is how many different parts of the community they connect with. Wes's board isn't representative. That is, board members serve the entire community, not individual constituencies. But the conversation is always made richer when members have had different experiences in our congregation. This year, we have Sunday school parents and Sunday school teachers. We have members of the chorus and members of the welcome team. We have major event planners and social justice advocates. They share, I think, both an excitement about all that is happening at West these days and also a commitment to making sure that West can sustain the excitement, that our finances remain well-managed and grow stronger, that our denominational relations are honored and deepened, that our structures for oversight and accountability are clarified and held with care. This board came to their retreat with a strategic plan created by a task force at the previous board's request. So they were able to grab onto those priorities to trust the wave that they were jumping into and move forward to create measures of success so that we know when we've achieved the goals we set. This is a board, I think, that knows how to balance the power of data with the importance of feeling, to listen both to the statistics and to the buzz. And that's where all of you come in. Whether you have been members for 30 years or just picked up your very first blue name tag, it is your job to create the buzz to talk to the board and share in their vision, and to trust the board, to honor their work and thank them for their service. This morning, we ask you to officially install the new board, to celebrate your election of these board members, these particles, and to charge them with their work for your community. I invite you now to turn to your program, and I invite this year's board members to come forward 
and to join Mary and me on the stage.